You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to In a Perfect World, Mythbusters Edition. One, I'm Pamela Merritt from The Way of Cats. And a lot of what I do as an online cat guru is correct misconceptions and bust myths about cats. Because, as a longtime animal lover who's had all kinds of pets, I've never encountered more wrong information than I did when I first started enjoying cats as pets when I was a young adult. I basically had to start with what I saw around me and evaluate every single other piece of information that came my way, unless it was from a longtime cat person, much like myself. The books, the common wisdom of the people, it was all wrong. One of my favorite things is to explain what these misconceptions are, what the truth is, and maybe how it got that way. I believe the internet has not only been a boon to humanity, it has done wonders for cats. A recent study from Indiana University Bloomington is that viewing cat videos boosts energy and positive emotions. Now, you probably heard the jokes about whatever percentage of the internet is cat videos, but it's a pretty high percentage. And that's one of the reasons the internet is so good for cats. Time was, you would have to actually have a cat and have a close relationship with that cat to see the funny, affectionate, and adorable things they do. Now, anyone can. The recent study by assistant professor Jessica Gale Myrick surveyed almost 7,000 people about their viewing of cat videos and how it affects their moods. It discovered nothing but positive effects from viewing cat videos. We have all watched a cat video online, but there's really little empirical work done on why so many of us do this or what effects it might have on us, said Myrick, who owns a pug but no cats. As a media researcher and online cat video viewer, I felt compelled to gather some data about this pop culture phenomenon. And we do have some statistics. There were more than 2 million cat videos posted on YouTube in 2014, with almost 26 billion views. Cat videos had more views per video than any other category of YouTube content. I find that amazing. Myrick wondered if viewing cat videos online have the same kind of positive impact as pet therapy. And only 36 participants in the study described themselves as a cat person, while about 60% said they liked both cats and dogs. Well, for that matter, I'm a cat person, but I like both cats and dogs. But the participants reported they were more energetic and felt more positive after watching the cat-related videos than they had before they tuned in. Fewer negative emotions... The pleasure they got from cat videos outweighed any guilt they felt about procrastinating. And cat owners and people with personality traits such as agreeableness and shyness were more likely to watch cat videos. 25% were ones they sought out. The rest were ones they happened upon, 
which shows just how many cat videos are out there. And they tended to know so-called celebrity cats, such as Nala Cot and Henri and Lil Bub. And Myrick donated 10 cents to Lil Bub's foundation for each participant, raising almost $700 for needy animals. This was an interesting sidelight to my own musings about cats being the pet of the future. They fit into today's lifestyles, which tend to be formed within the home, needing more flexible schedules, and being able to not worry about the pet if they have to work late or have other obligations. There's also an increased interest in natural solutions out there, and cats fit right into that too. Instead of using poisons, we should have cats to take care of our vermin problem. After all, this is why they were worshipped in Egypt. They saved civilization. We owe them. I also think cats are more suitable for children than a lot of people think. I've always thought there wasn't much thought put into that common practice of getting a puppy and a baby at the same time. The two of them need almost the same level of attention and training. Whereas getting a kitten, they already know how to use the litter box. They already know where the food is. And plucking them off the drapes is a lot lower impact than trying to walk the puppy when the baby needs attention or vice versa. It's also easier to have cats in bunches. Three dogs is a pack. Three cats are a civilization, much more low-key, and when properly constituted, they actually take care of each other. As a longtime cat advocate, I was thrilled to find out that the cat, Tara, who had saved her four-year-old human from a rampaging dog, gets a Hero Dog Award from SPCA. I guess because they don't have a Hero Cat Award? And you know, maybe they should. This was an amazing story from last year, where a young boy who was playing in his own front yard was attacked by a neighbor's dog who had gotten loose. And the cat flung itself like a cannonball and then drove it away with a furious display of attempted aggression. And the dog did leave. And the boy was saved, even though he did have a serious bite. Now, this would have been simply a story the family would have told around summer's barbecues and probably to a great deal of skepticism, except it was all caught on video. And that's the myth that got busted here with photographic evidence that cats don't care, that cats are not good pets for children, that cats don't have protective instincts and they're aloof and they're not social. None of that is true. We just had these myths stuck in our head and we never got them challenged. This family could have told this story from coast to coast and a whole lot of people would not have believed them because, air quotes, everybody knows cats aren't like that. But turns out, yes, they are. And anyone who doesn't have a close relationship with a cat now has had their mind expanded to wonder what it might be like. I'm here to tell you, it's awesome. We're going to be busting more myths in a short while. And in fact, I have a whole category 
on my wavecats.com backslash blog devoted to myth busting because there are so many. We'll be back shortly. Don't run away. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back talking about busting cat myths. I've been running across a myth online repeated in all kinds of places that say cats don't naturally drink water. Uh, The theory is outlined in an excerpt I found on Google Books, The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know by Tracy Hotchner. This has some good stuff in it, but in it, the author expounds on the theory that cats derive the moisture they need from their prey, and it's really not a natural thing for cats to drink water. Now, first of all, it's possible that we have indeed changed this part of our cats. It's one of the reasons I encourage people to feed canned food instead of dry, because canned does have a high moisture content, which would mimic the cat's natural diet. And that's always a good idea to feed any being in a way that works with their enzymes and instincts and what their body expects to get. Now, the author points out that dry food is dehydrating, and that's true. And she also points out that cats have an extraordinary sense of smell, which makes them very fussy about their water sources, which is also true. However, in my own home, I've always noticed that cats love fresh water, they love running water, and the more we fussed over giving them good water sources, the more they drank. Running water confirms to them that this is fresh and aerated and unlikely to have sat there getting yicky. And so when we got a series of pet fountains, myself and those I know who use them are pleasantly surprised by just how much Cats do drink when we give them the right kind of water in the right kind of setting, one that would trigger their instincts that say, this is a good water source, take advantage of it. Anyone who's been followed into the kitchen or bathroom and had the cat ask them to turn on the faucet knows exactly what I mean. In fact, our cats are so fussy that they watch and see if we use the filtering pitcher on their fountain, and on their special bowl in the bedroom. Because after all, that's what we drink from, and it has to be the best. And they're right, and we do. With all of this put together, this theory 
instantly did not fit with my own experience with cats. And I even have scientific support from MIT researcher Roman Stalker and his cat, Cutta Cutta, showed that cats have an elaborate way of drinking. In a slow motion video, we see how the cat's tongue touches the surface of the water, pulls it up into a column using the water tension inherent in water, and then bites off this column of water to let it fall into their mouth and relieve their thirst. And I'm like, you don't come up with that overnight. This is an elaborate physical thing that we couldn't do. In fact, I don't believe there's any other animal on the planet who does it except cats. This is how cats drink. And if this was not natural to them, I just can't believe it. There aren't any precedents for across the board, every cat in the world figuring out this elaborate thing that happened so fast, we had to do a slow motion video to finally figure it out. Because for years, people assumed that cats drank from bowls, which they do, the same way dogs do, a sort of backwards cupping of the tongue that sort of splashes water into their mouth. But indeed, cats, as we might expect, are a lot more sophisticated and elegant about what they do. And the fact that they do it means they're designed to drink water, fuss over their water sources, get a cat fountain if at all possible. And remember that when our cat goes after our tasty beverage, they're saying the same thing that any friend would if they asked to have some of it themselves. They're thirsty. They would like some clean, fresh water in a form that makes them trust. It's a good part of cat care to make sure they do have that available to them. Another care myth I run into is part of the indoor-outdoor dilemma. It's a fact that cats are outdoor creatures, and it feels wrong to not let them go outdoors. In most environments, they are not designed to deal with the outdoors we're going to be offering them. They were originally a desert animal, and a lot of people don't consider this, but they're used to arid climates. This is what their ears, for instance, are expecting. In humid climates, a cat outdoors without constant ear care is going to be devastated by ear mites, which thrive in humid conditions. This is a serious issue with feral cats in the Pacific Northwest, I know. There's been some terrible cases of cats actually dying from the infections and invasions caused by ear mites. We have to remember that unless we do live in the desert, whatever we let our cat out into is not what they evolved to cope with. Much less cars, which are a tremendous danger. Uh, cats do not see these incredibly fast-moving things for what they truly are. If they stalked them, I'm sure cats would be very good at avoiding all kinds of motor vehicles. But they don't, and they aren't. I live in an area that's pretty wild, so then if I let my cats out, they would not only deal with the busy highway in front of my home, they would deal with the predators that live in back of it. We have to remember that cats are kind of unique in being both an apex predator 
and prey themselves if their environment has larger animals in it. There's other dangers of the cat outside that are totally unnatural. One of the leading ways our cat can go missing is getting into some place due to their curiosity and then having that place blocked off, closed up, and taken away. This was illustrated by a Texas cat whose move to Alaska was very uncomfortable. Two-year-old Moosey wound up being folded into a futon mattress Even though the family spent three days searching for them before they made the move, they didn't find them until the mattress was unfolded in their new home, and there the poor guy was. He's bouncing back, because cats have nine lives. But we can't rely on this, and it puts them through so much. Let's reflect on the fact that this had a happy ending, but the cat and the family went through an awful lot. This is always a danger when we let our cat out, that they're going to get into a situation they can't handle. Remember, in nature, this happens fairly frequently. Human beings have spent thousands of years ordering their environment so it doesn't happen to us. We can, and I think should, extend this same courtesy to our pets. We've been talking about the myth that cats belong outdoors, and I'll pick up with an even more harrowing tale when we return to discussing myths. Don't get stuck somewhere. I'll be right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. I love cleaning the litter box, said no one ever. Luckily, there's World's Best Cat Litter, the litter that promises less mess with less litter. Only World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to quickly trap odors in tight clumps. And quick clumping means you never have to chisel or scrape the box. Less cleanup with less wasted litter? That's a litter bit amazing. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And I'm back talking about the many downsides of letting our cat out of the home. Now, I know my fans in Great Britain have a tendency to be much more open to outdoor cats than, say, the United States. It's a cultural thing. People in Britain also have more of a tendency to have those walled gardens you see in uh, London homes. There's also the fact, and this is huge, is that most of the time your neighbors are going to be far more comfortable with the idea of a cat roaming if they're used to this idea. They're cat owners themselves and think that's all right. Whereas in the U.S., We've got people who can be quite opinionated that they're bird feeders or their garden or even a cat sitting on their lawn furniture is an unwarranted intrusion and they think they can do whatever they want to to keep our cats out of their yard. I never underestimate the potential of some nasty person taking grudges out on a cat because it stretches back into history. Cats started out pretty high in the estimation of the ancient Egyptians, but by the Middle Ages, they were tools of Satan and treated accordingly. 
this is a kind of PR problem cats have been fighting against for quite some time. So I was quite surprised to find out that some cat vigilante, as the Telegraph termed it, was operating in Bristol by kidnapping a cat, putting it in a live cage, and posting pictures all over the neighborhood saying they had trapped this cat on purpose because it was threatening their cat. The kidnapper claimed the cat, called Murray, was attacking other cats and invading gardens in Bristol, and they'd had enough, and so they had captured the cat as a warning to the owner. The cat was returned and is showing signs of distress from its ordeal. I do not think this was the right thing to do at all. But it shows how exercise some people can get, especially when you consider this person let their cat out. The whole point of this action was that their cat had encountered Murray outside. So this is the risk we always run, letting cats out. It's not an ordered world out there, and it's not something we can control. And our cat has no idea all of this is going on. They're just going to follow their instincts, and they're going to explore. Some sort of cat enclosure, like I used to have. It was a chain-link room that let the cats go outside safely. Or leash training the cat, which is surprisingly easy to do with the right kind of cat. Or having a cat that's sufficiently timid that they will accompany us to enclosed places where we can safely enjoy the outdoors together and be together at all times when we do this so they can at least have some supervision and we can keep them away from difficult areas. Because I understand that cats do like to go outside. And, you know, every teenager would like to rampage through Manhattan with a pocket full of cash and a fake ID. We don't let them do that either. In other news, a calico cat named Bella is now the official cat of the Alamo. Her full name is Miss Isabella Francisca Veramendi de Valero, but you can call her Bella. She welcomes visitors and keeps rodents in check. I love working cats. Working dogs is a very old and sturdy phrase, and we're all familiar with the wonderful work they do, guiding the blind, search and rescue, therapy dogs. But cats, too, can be working cats. And this returns to what I was talking about earlier in the podcast, where I was saying cats are designed to keep vermin under control, rats and mice and things like that. Our own home is totally free of flies. They only last maybe 10 minutes once Mithy sees them. Why not let cats have this very important job that is actually much easier on the environment than trying to poison them? It just doesn't make sense to me. Bella at the Alamo is cared for and paid for by the staffers who love having a cat on the premises. There are so many cats languishing in shelters who could get a job. Isn't that what everybody wants? And that's the idea behind one of the hottest new trends that absolutely fills my heart with hope and happiness. It's cat cafes. People can go to the cafe, have a coffee, get on the internet, and pet the cat. San Francisco just opened their very first cat cafe, Kitty. K-I-T, capital T-E-A, which I like. It's very cute. This is so 
awesome where cats can have human interaction, interaction with each other, be supported and loved and have that social environment. So many of them are totally capable of doing. For every shy cat, there's a cat who will come up to you and hang out even on short notice. And this is also a way to let humans learn how to interact with cats, how they like to be petted, and what kind of cat they might like to have someday. And in the meantime, if they're in a situation where they can't have their cat, they can at least go out for a coffee and a pet. Likewise, Washington, D.C. now has a cat cafe. According to the headline, you can cuddle by the hour. And it's totally legal. This new trend is absolutely marvelous. And I'm hoping with the popularity of coffee shops, everyone will have at least one cat. Because there's something so wonderful about a comfy chair and a nice cup of java and a kitty. Doesn't everybody want some of that? And the myth this bus is that one that says cats aren't friendly, but they are. They're social. That was one of the things that blew my mind when I started rescuing cats, which led to having multiple cats, which led to me witnessing cats teaching each other, being affectionate with each other, telling each other things. I once saw a complicated bit of information being passed between two of my older cats, which conveyed what room the thing was in, the fact that somebody had to come see that room, and brought the other cat to instant action to run in and find out that, yes, the food bowls were missing because somebody was going to get altered the next day and they can't eat. But that's pretty complicated for a cat to convey, isn't it? And that's what puts down these naysayers who say things like, oh, dogs are better because they're so happy to see you, or dogs are better because they're social, and cat people and cats aren't. But that's not true. I mean, the worst you could probably say is that cats and maybe even cat appreciators are a little more subtle than you expect. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with that in a perfect world, which is what we're all striving towards. So check out wayofcats.com's blog in case you want to See all the links I use to put together this edition of Mythbusters, and rest assured, there's more to come. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.